When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody, welcome back to The Treatment Room. I am your host, Tessa Zolli. So today I'm chatting with a new friend. I actually found her through TikTok and I've had my eye on her for a while as a guest because she just shines so bright. She talks a lot about confidence. She's absolutely drop-dead gorgeous and I'm just honestly so captivated by her. She is a medical esthetician out of New York. So we're going to talk about her experience in the field today as well as all of her tips for confidence and just stepping into our power and being the best people we can absolutely be. So welcome to the show, Brittany Edwards. Hi. Thank you so much for saying yes to this. I know it's your first podcast, but I feel like you were meant for this world. I feel like you need your own podcast and maybe maybe you'll start one by the end of this episode. Oh my goodness. I appreciate that. Thank you. Brittany, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you share on social media and why are you so passionate about what you do share? Well, um, so I am an esthetician. Um, I'm based here in New York City. Um, and I, I mainly um, give people advice and tips on confidence and self-love and self-awareness. Um, sometimes I give skincare tips, but for the most part, I feel like you need to have confidence and be aware of who you are in order to achieve anything in life. So that's my my main goal on TikTok and social media in general. I feel like confidence is an area that can be hard for estheticians, especially because this can be so new to us and being you know, in an environment where everything is new, you've never touched people's faces, you don't have that confidence yet, and you don't know who you are, you know, as a professional necessarily yet, it can be an area a lot of us struggle with. So I'm excited to talk about your tips for confidence. And I wanted to ask just because when I look at you or hear you speak, you seem like you've always just been this ultra confident person, but is that the case? Were you always this confident? Did it take a lot of work? How did you kind of get to where you are today? Well, absolutely not. I wish I could say that I've always been confident, but no, um, that's not the case. Um, I used to seek so much validation from other people. And I think it had a lot to do with my lack of self-awareness and just not knowing who I really was. So I, I think people telling me who I was kind of made sense for me because there was just no way for me to figure out how this whole confidence thing worked. Like I always thought that you had to get it from other people and that was just how you become, you know, confident. And that's how you receive, you know, um, awareness and all these things. But probably more recently, like a few years back, 
um, I started to just dig a little bit deeper into like who I am and the things that I love without, you know, other people being around me because I had a huge problem with like keeping friends um, and just always having people around me. Like I felt like I was always alone a lot. And so I'm just like, okay, if there's no one around me and all I have is myself and I don't even want to be around me, then um, how am I going to be able to, you know, grow into the person that I want to be, but also have the life that I want to have and just like truly be happy. I had to constantly find it within myself. I had to give myself that validation that for the longest I've been trying to get from others. And when you realize that there's no one around you to give you that validation anymore, because I've, I've moved to so many different cities. And so in the beginning, it was hard to like, you know, meet people and stuff. And so when you, when you don't have those people around you, then what do you do? You have to find it within yourself. And it turned into this whole like self-love, self-improvement, building confidence, you know, um, affirmations, me giving myself affirmations and all of these things. Like it literally just, it blew up to something more um, and pretty much what it is now. You know, I became so obsessed with it, with like helping myself that I decided to start doing it for other people and it just made me so happy. I do think that there was no particular day that made me just wake up one day and say, yeah, I'm going to be confident today. I think it was a slow um, process of me just moving towards a goal that I didn't even know was there. It was just complete invisible goal. Like I, I was just like, okay, well, I have to, I have to be happy. You have to keep moving. It would be nice where I would just cry and all this. And I'm just like, you just kind of got to keep going. You got to keep growing. And so like eventually it does grow into something larger, um, like anything really. But there was no particular day. Um, and I honestly, I think it builds character when it's slow <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those things. I was just like, you know what, if there's no one else who is going to um, give you that validation or give you that, you know, that self-love and that confidence that you need. Of course, people are going to, they're going to give you those, those, um, those compliments and they're going to tell you, oh, you're great and you're all these things. But there are people who's also going to tell you the complete opposite. You know, there's people who are going to let you down um, and they're going to insult you in some way, shape or form. Um, if you allow other people to um, give you that validation, whether it's negative or positive, then you will constantly be seeking that validation, if that makes sense. Um, so, so if you constantly just give it to yourself um, and understand that we're all going through this and understand that it is a process as well. It's not one, one thing and you're, you're just going to, it'll be like one thing that just is your uh, defining moment, if that makes sense. It's not going to be like a specific defining moment. It's just going to be like, this is my life. This is my journey. I'm in control of my narrative and I need to be happy and I need to have the confidence in general in every single thing that I do, not just in you know, my parents or in you know, the people that I, I have around me, but like in my career, in my, my hobbies, in myself. Um, it's a journey. It's a long journey, endless journey, so to speak. I think the, the easiest way to start building your confidence is to for sure find something that you are really good at. And I'm pretty sure my aesthetics career helped me with that.
Um, I am an analytical thinker. I, I am math, science, finance driven kind of person. Um, I need analytics. And so I felt like aesthetics kind of gave me that the whole science of skin kind of gave me that. And I was able to navigate that. And I became so good at it that it actually built my confidence. And that literally spread to other aspects of my life. Um, so I do think that you need to find something that you are really good at, even the, the slightest bit of good at. Work on that, build it, become an expert in it, you know, let it cultivate you and let it cu cultivate this life and this person that you actually want to be, this happy, this, this confident and driven person. Um, because sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to do it out of nothing, you know, do it out of thin air. Um, so, you know, just give yourself time um, and just find the the best way to do it, which is through your strength. You can always find something that can be like your starting point. Are you really good with talking to people um, and making them feel comfortable? Are you really good with selling products? Um, are you really good with the treatments itself? Um, there's just so there's so many different aspects. Um, are you really good with selling yourself as a person? You know, there are people who, or there are estheticians who are not the best with selling products, but they can sell themselves. Um, they can sell a connection. Um, and so I feel like, yeah, you, you still have to find, you have to find something, if that makes sense, that you are still good at um, and just kind of start from there. I think something that kind of people get confused about is thinking confidence means you're 100% perfect all the time or, or not making mistakes. Does that kind of resonate with you? Like when you're thinking about your career and, and, and learning within aesthetics? So that is actually a good point. Um, confidence does not mean that you are perfect. It means that you love yourself completely and entire, entirely, um, despite the fact that you are not perfect. We have to understand that no one is perfect. <laughs> no one is. Um, and we are all literally trying our best. And so, and I think that's, that's the great thing about doing things in general, you know, starting new careers and starting new hobbies and trying new things is that it's okay to not be perfect as long as you you continue to, to try that thing and allow yourself to make the mistakes that you need in order to grow. Because like anything, it's trial and error. Yeah, totally. So I want to know kind of like how you found aesthetics, because I know you, you talk about different careers and what kind of makes our trade special. What attracted you to aesthetics initially and what has kind of been your journey into this whole world? So I always knew um, that I was obsessed with just beauty in general. Um, I always knew that I wanted to be a part of an industry that made people happy and that I was genuinely helping people. It's crazy because I actually started out in fashion. <laughs> and I can see that. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that I was going to be like this buyer and I went to FIT and all of this. And I remember even in my essay, um, I was just like, oh, you know, I, I love the idea of fashion and beauty. And oh, I, just, I just remember writing that in my, my essay, the entry essay. 
and I was still able to get into, you know, the school. And um, yeah, I, I think that, how did it start? <laughs> it started with me thinking that fashion was going to be my literal life. But to be honest with you, I didn't care that much for the fashion industry other than my own personal style. So although I love to see that, you know, the magazines and the, the media, the online media and stuff, it was more so my personal style. That was my true connection to fashion. And I actually learned that later on in life. But I tried the thing. I tried to, you know, go to FIT. I attended it and I did not like it. And I was never the the school kind of person. Like I never saw myself actually going to college. So I completely hated having to go to English and, and math and all of that. Like I just could not do it. I couldn't listen. And so I lasted a year there and I went back home to North Carolina. And um, my mom was mad. <laughs> she was like, I thought you was gonna be this New York City fashion girl. I'm like, I'm like, trust me. It really, it just really wasn't for me. Just trust me. I'm going to figure it out. And then yeah. after a few months, I started to blog. I was, so I was a blogger and I started to do makeup and skincare and I used to review products and I, I also did hair. And um, after doing tons of research and realizing that I knew absolutely nothing, I'm like, what, what are you blogging, Brittany? Like, you don't really know. <laughs> like, you don't, you, all you know is what you see on other blogs and when you just Google stuff and YouTube stuff, that's all you know, but you don't know if it's really real. This is all, the stuff yeah. that we see that's being marketed to us is all make-believe, you know? Oh, um, yeah. For the most part. <laughs> and so I had this little aha moment. I was like, there has to be a way where I can do this professionally. Like there has to be something, you know, that would give me some leverage. I need to be like, how do you say it? Uh, insider within the industry. Right. And I didn't even know aesthetics was a thing. I had no idea that you can literally do facials as a career for a living. I thought you just did makeup, brows, lashes, stuff like that, massaging, stuff like that. Um, after doing months of research, I learned that you can be an esthetician, and I mean it instantly clicked for me. Um, and that was how it—that was how the idea started. And then once I realized that that was what I wanted to do, I did quit trying to be a blogger, and I was like, I'm going to utilize my blog to be a professional and an insider within the industry. And so I moved to Charlotte. Um, I went to school, um, and. I started to do like blogging part-time, still just could not, I, I just couldn't keep up with it. I didn't care. I cared more about aesthetics. And so I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to do this full-time and I'm going to work my way into the industry. I'm going to build myself up and I'm, I'm going to try and do the best that I can uh, because I absolutely love this idea. And so, yeah, that was how, that was how it all started. <laughs> That's so cool. I feel like we have so many little parallels, but it's really interesting for estheticians because sometimes we can find this path a little bit later in life, but it's like the signs were always there, you know, like you were probably always attracted to skincare and beauty and like aesthetics, even within fashion, but sometimes it can just take a little while to get there and, and even to feel like it's a valid Thing to pursue aesthetic because 
aesthetics because sometimes we don't know like that's a job we don't think we don't think of it as a career necessarily when we're like growing up playing Barbies like oh I can be an esthetician I think that's changing but I think growing up our age like I didn't know about it either until I was 25 years old exactly and you do see that's the thing you have to explore um yes so that's what that's what I did like I tried something. If it didn't work, I tried something new, but I always followed my passion. So I always followed things that I was naturally drawn to. First it was fashion, then it was beauty. Now it's specifically skincare. And so, yeah, you will have to explore a little bit um, and do tons of research because four years ago, there wasn't enough information. Like there wasn't a lot of information that was out there. I remember like, I mean, so many hours just trying to find something and I could not find anything. I don't, I don't know how long you, you've been in the yeah. industry because if you've been there for at, at the very least five years and you know exactly what I'm talking about back then, first of all, not a lot of people were doing it. And second no. of all, not a lot of information was out there. Um, so you, you had to just kind of create your own reality. Um, you, you really couldn't totally. or create your own path really um, because there were no, Past that tell you this is what you should do, uh, this is how you get there, this is how you grow, this is how you level up in the industry, like none of that. You just got to do it on your own. Seriously, do you know the modern esthetician? She has like a YouTube channel and Instagram. I don't know if you know her, but I am fully she... aware of her. <laughs> oh, oh, you are? Okay. She's beautiful, well, so Kelsey. beautiful. Oh. She's so beautiful. She's the nicest person too. I've gotten to know her just through this podcast and and talking to her, but she was the only person I could find at the time. So I've been in the industry three and a half years and I was just like you. I was, I figured out this aesthetic thing was a thing. And I was like up late Googling in my bed, like, you know, what's an esthetician? How do you become one? What do they do? And I found her YouTube channel Mm -hmm. and that was kind of all I had to go off of. But it's kind of crazy because now there's almost like this saturation of so many essays, which is a beautiful thing, but there's so much information out there on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. It's kind of like our time to shine because I think just like your epiphany you had where you were realizing, oh, I'm a blogger, but I don't know the ins and outs of these products. I'm kind of just looking at the marketing. I think we're just getting more savvy as a whole kind of realizing Estes are the ones who know what's up. And I think it's cool. We're getting our chance to shine. Yes. I am a true believer that estheticians are the pioneers of the industry And I don't care. We can argue about it. I can argue with anyone (laughs) because we are the ones who are actually touching the faces. We like, I don't know any derm who works with you for an entire hour (laughs) and who do that for eight hours a day, you know, five to four days a week. Like I I don't know any other um, person in the industry who's doing that. And another thing that I like about the way the industry has gone now is I feel like there were a tons of estheticians, but no one knew. Like when social media started to blow up um, and the beauty industry started to blow up to what it is now, that was when estheticians who've been in the industry for like 10 years, I'm like, wait a minute, where were you? <laughs> where were you four years ago when I needed you? 
Right. So now, now right. we, there's so many estheticians that's been in the year in, in the industry for, you know, 10 plus years. I'm just like, oh my God, you know, like we need this, we need this. We need to normalize yeah. skincare. It's not a luxury anymore. It is a necessity. It is a part of our lives. Um, so I, I'm loving the industry right now. I'm so glad to hear that. And I want to hear about the environment you work at, treatments you enjoy giving. What's kind of your career like at this point for you? Yeah, so um, I work as a facialist. I just do facials. And um, I work here in Manhattan um, at a very reputable um, facial bar. So I've been with them for a few years now. And I, you know, I've just kind of worked my way up uh, with the company. And um, I absolutely love it. The, the clients are amazing. The, the following that Heyday has, it's just, yeah. it is insane. It is insane. Because we have, we're, we have people who are finally, like people our age, millennials, um, women in their 30s and in their 20s, who are finally realizing that, you know, skincare is important right now. Start young um, and continue it on, but also learn about the basics. And I feel like that was what Heyday was able to give. They were yeah. able to specialize in the basics. And um, so that's how I was able to to start there when I first moved to New York. Um, but I've okay. also worked in, you know, different areas of the industry. I felt like I was just able to connect a little bit more with this specific company. Yeah, yeah, that definitely happens. And sometimes I think when you're fresh out of school, you have the hope that like the first job you get is going to be, you know, the the place you stay forever. And that's where, you know, you, things are just going to be perfect off the bat. But sometimes you need to find your way a little bit, try things on, see what you like, see what you don't like, or just even what you would like more. So I think that's awesome. And I'm, I'm glad to hear you've kind of found your little place. Yeah. And like, I, I say this all the time to to other estheticians that ask me that, you know, they're just like, you know, so what am I supposed to do? I'm like, honestly, you have to explore. Like, I don't, I don't, right. I don't think they understand that. They, they want to know like a solid, like blueprint on this is what you yeah. do to get to here. And it's like, no, right. I started out waxing. I started yeah. out waxing and I thought that I was going to be working with like a dermatologist, like right now in, in this um, time in, in my career, I thought I would be working, you know, in derm with all of these, you know, this amazing clientele and it ended up not being that way. I, I mm. tried it and I felt like I preferred what I'm doing now, at least for right now. Um, but yeah, I say explore it just to get a taste of it, just to see if you, if you like it because nine times out of 10, it's not going to work out exactly how you thought it is. Um, but the idea is just to diversify yourself, diversify your skills and, um, explore every aspect of this industry because there's so much that you can do so much and so much. I love that um, it's ever-changing and every year there's like a new treatment and so it's really exciting this is a very exciting industry yes I feel like we are especially now there's just so much interest in skincare and I mean people kind of have some crazy expectations out there myself included but that's why I invest in my professional treatments. But people just are really getting it now that 
skin is something you have for life. Why not take care of it? Why not enjoy the process? You are 100% right. And if you work in this industry, it is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Like I will be in there after after my shift ends giving myself a facial. Mm-hmm. But yes, I think it's a really, really exciting time. I wanted to ask because I know there's a lot of interest in the medical side of aesthetics. How would you kind of compare the two worlds? What were things you, you liked about each and, and maybe cons of each? So because I really loved the medical side of the industry, um, I decided to become a medical assistant. And um, I used that to learn a little bit more about derm. So I wanted to Mm -hmm. know, I feel like in order to be a good esthetician, you need to know the, the most complex things in order to understand the simplest things. So you need to understand both extremes of the industry. Um, so you need to understand the conditions, the diseases, and all of that. You need to understand how the medical or the aesthetic medical industry works in order to understand how to do a facial. That's just my mm-hmm. personal preference and how to, how to do a facial very well, you know, to have complexity in your skills. Um, it's, it's important. I think that if you are able to um, at least find one job within your career to work in medical aesthetics, please take it because the last thing you want is to only know very limited information just, you know, by working at like a, a spa. Um, mm-hmm. You want to be able to work with the professionals in the industry and get that in, insight. Um, so that was what I did. I became a medical assistant immediately after I started working at a very reputable med spa in Charlotte, and mm-hmm. I was able to understand how the medical aesthetics industry work. I learned so many things, so many skills that I was able to bring along with me, you know, on my journey. And then from there, I moved to New York, and I worked in Durham. And because I was a medical assistant, I was able to assist the derm in all of their medical treatments. So biopsies for skin cancer removals. You know, you learn about, you know, seborrheic keratoses. Um, You learn about like so many like medical terms that you probably will most likely not learn when you're just working Mm. in the spa. So even though I can't diagnose, I can see, you know, that it's probably not a cancer or something like that. I can see or I'll tell them you still need to see a derm because that looks serious, you know? You're yeah. not gonna say, oh, well, it's acne. <laughs> You're not gonna say, oh, well, yeah, you know, it's probably acne, so let's put some, you know, salicylic acid on it, and it, it worsens. It's like, oh my God. So you, um, I, I think it's good to know different areas and different like medical conditions to at least see, to know that if, I, if, if you can treat it and if you need to refer a client to um, a more advanced specialist, it is completely fine. But um, yes, worked in Durham. It was amazing. I fell in love with just skincare though, which is insane because I never thought, I never thought that I I would be, you know, just doing skincare. I thought that I'd be doing far advanced medical stuff. So it's, it's crazy how the industry can take you like that. Well, it's so cool. You just had that experience to inform your education and allow you to 
be even better doing what you do now, which is facials. But I try to encourage that narrative a little bit, what you said about getting more professional experience before going out on your own or, or kind of settling down. Because when you're new, that's when, you know, you have so much curiosity and you can really set your your future self up for more success by by just exposing yourself to more and and not having such a narrow kind of vision of the industry so I love that I think you had asked me um that I encourage estheticians to you said not start out in the crap (laughs) oh oh just just you know I think a lot of SDs have the idea they're going to graduate SD school and open up a room yes 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 And I don't want to crush anyone's dreams, but I think you're just a shining example of how just getting more experience, even if you don't want to work in a Durham's office forever, or, you know, at least having more than one job, I think you just learn a lot. Yes. So I'm a strong believer and people have asked me, and I used to be that girl who thought that the minute I get out of school, I'm going straight into starting my own business. It's like, with what experience, you know, with what skills, with what knowledge, oh, your textbook (laughs) from aesthetic school, that's the complete basics. Absolutely not. We're talking about skin here, the most complex organ in the body. You are not about to touch someone's skin (laughs) with no experience. I, so when girls ask me, oh, do you think I should start, you know, start a business right, right out of school? I'm like, no, use this time. It's like the industry is your best friend. Use this time to learn, learn from the best in the industry, find a mentor, um, navigate your way through the industry so you can understand what you truly like. So you're not wasting your time, your effort, your money into something that you didn't even know that you didn't like until you started to, you know, invest into it after the fact. So yes, I think that give yourself a few years because I feel like more recently, I started to understand just even the idea of like the health of of someone's barrier, like just how complex that is. Barrier health, I learned that like two years ago, (laughs) you know? So just imagine if I had just, you know, started off um, in the industry on my own, I would have never really understood that. And I would have never had anyone tell me that or teach me that. Um, it's, it's, It's okay to network with other estheticians and learn Find people who have been in this industry far longer than you have and be a student for a while. Be a student. It's okay to be a student, you know? (laughs) Yes, 100%. I feel like we sometimes think because of just like the nature of social media and everything being so immediate and instant, we just need to have this title in our Instagram bio or just like have this presence on social media. But we're not in a rush and truly what you said about your mind can change. Like you really don't even know if you like it yet. It's having a business is an investment and you don't want to open up a suite and then find out, Oh, customer service issues are coming up. I don't know how to answer this question. I've never seen this condition and you don't have that experience to go off of. That's a much, a much tougher place to be in and then you get overwhelmed. So I really appreciate what you're saying about just 
broadening your horizons, getting more exposure, meeting more people, making connections, because it does, it does take time to even like wrap your head around some of these concepts like barrier health or corneotherapy and really understand them. We don't graduate school knowing enough. So starting a business, right? Because everyone thinks that, you know, as an esthetician, you're going to start a business and you're going to be doing facials. It's going to be fun. Yes, you will be doing facials, of course. But 80% of that business is marketing and selling yourself and making sure products don't expire and numbers, handling money, taxes. Like, I don't think people mm-hmm. understand. Um, so I, I think if you are able to become really good at marketing yourself in general, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Right. Um, if you are really good at marketing and selling yourself and you're really good with numbers and you're you're really good with just sales in general, then then you can start the business because doing facials is not 100 percent what you will be doing. Um, most of the time you will be having to market yourself endlessly. And so it's, it's good because you unfortunately you, you can't like you can't just do facials and not market yourself, if that makes sense. We come out of it with basic skills for being a technician, but there's definitely a lot more to it. Mm-hmm. So if you're business savvy um, and you're an esthetician, then you are probably the best candidate to, to, start a, to start a business. Just get those skills. I, I always say that, you know, learn the skills that you need, learn the marketing skills, learn how to be really good in sales, um, how to be an approachable and friendly person and learn how to connect with your clients because it's, it's, it's always going to be more than just skincare. Yes. Okay. I have a few follow-up questions with what you just said. Number one, when it comes to that connection with clients and holding a conversation, what tips do you have for us there? Um, I mean, I take it straight personal, <laughs> and the reason why is because it uh, makes the clients feel more relaxed around you. So, you know, I live in New York City, so of course, New York City is a very social city. People love to talk about the things that they're doing, and so you have to build a connection, and you'll realize that when you're in this industry, a lot of clients, yeah, they love your facials, but they love the friendship as well. And that's why they come back to you Mm. over another esthetician. And so asking questions like, oh, what did you do today? You know, before, before coming here, how was your morning? How was your commute? Um, Did you drive? Oh my God, girl, how was parking? Like you you have to be super relatable. You have to show genuine interest and, you know, ask them, you know, what are you doing this weekend? Oh my goodness. What restaurant is that? I haven't been to that place. Um, Oh, you're going to the beach, which beach, like, stuff like that as you're doing it in the setting where I work in, it is more of a social setting. So it's okay to have that conversation with your clients because there's literally music playing in the background. So, <laughs> you know, it's so cool. It's super relaxed, but oh, um, yes, that. you keep it, keep it casual. Um, what I like to do um, in the beginning is to ask those direct questions. You know, tell me a little bit about your skin. What is it exactly bringing you in today? okay, breakouts, um, how long have you been dealing with that? I mean, go into depth. There are so many 
questions that you can add on. How long have you been dealing with that? Family history, what products have you been using? What's the severity of it? All of this. Has it gone and came back? Has it been consistent? I mean, you can literally go on and on with just one, one skin condition. Um, and then once you have an idea, then um, you can start to um, take it personal. But I do feel like at the very first time when they walk into the room, icebreaker. Do the icebreaker. How was your morning? And then get a little bit more medical while you're analyzing the skin. Be a little bit more serious. What are products are you using? All the questions. And then after you finish analyzing the skin, then you go back into personal. Um, I think, how can I say this? Maybe 60%. Um, can be you just building that connection because if they're coming back, you, you have to constantly be guiding them um, so you don't have to get it all out at once. You know, give the, give the client exactly what they need, um, their skincare basics, anything that needs to be modified in their routine, do it mm -hmm. there and then build. I always say, we'll start here, let's build from there. Let's start here, let's build um, the more you come, um, the more knowledgeable you will become and you will do so well with, you know, um, picking your products, using your products at home. So eventually they will become, you know, their own mini expert at home when they're doing their routine. So skincare is a process. And so we have to understand yeah. that if the client keeps coming back, we'll be their esthetician for as long as they come. So the most important part, 60% of it um, should be just building that connection so they do come back. And, and learn more from you. Yes, so many great, great points. And I feel like the key to that is remembering things about your client and keeping that rapport that you guys have built up. So maybe even taking some notes since you're going to be seeing a lot of people, but people will definitely remember how you made them feel. And I can attest to this having as many clients coming to see me when I was at a spa as estheticians who have been there a long time, because a lot of it really is about your energy. And I think that's an area where even newbies can shine, even if you're not the most polished, perfect esthetician or technician, you can have a great energy about you, you asking questions and just building that relationship is so so vital. Yes, that's very true. And that is what's going to keep people coming back. Um, there is a guy that I, I work with. He is just amazing. It's, it's just insane. He's so good with, with people and building that connection that like people come back to him because he is their friend. Um, and so you can go any to any spa and get those, you know, get, get those, um, how can I say it? Get those answers and get the expertise and um, get that knowledge and learn a little bit. But if someone's not connecting with you, you're not going to feel like you want to come back. You know, oh, I'll go to another esthetician. I'll try out another one. But it's like, oh no, but Brittany, uh, we talked about, you know, that that yeah. point in my life. Like we had that connection. We was it was just such a deep moment. I'm gonna you know, come back to her and tell her about it, you know, how I've been able to work on myself with that, like, 
I'm telling you, and clients will come back so excited to chat with you, um, pick up yeah. where you left off. And so it's okay. Like I, I feel like because I'm so analytical and so connecting with people was the hardest part for me in the beginning that when I saw an esthetician prioritizing, making those connections, I was like, I want to learn from you. <laughs> I'm like, teach me, teach me what you do. Teach me. I want to. And then like, they'll be like, to be honest, it's just, I love people. Like they'll be like, I love people. And, um, there's no way around it. <laughs> you have to be a people person to yeah. do really well in this industry. So learn how to make those connections, you know, let your guard down, let it down mm -hmm. and you will do really good. Mm, I love that. I think that has to do with being a little bit vulnerable and not to the point where it's like unprofessional, but Mm -hmm. I think a little bit of vulnerability on both ends can go a long way. And they're just, there's something really special about the esthetician client bond. I, and I don't think there's anything that really compares because like you said, even dermatologists and I love, I love my derms, but they don't always spend an hour with you in the dark, you know, like, touching your face. It's just something that builds a strong connection. That is true. And so that's why I always say, um, if you have any concerns with your, you know, with your skin, with your breakouts and stuff or anything that you want to improve, start by seeing an esthetician first. Um, allow us to be able to help you because we will be in your journey or on your journey a lot longer. Um, and we, I mean, we are so in depth with things. And you will spend an entire hour, you know, with us, you'll only spend maybe 10 to 15 minutes with someone else, which is unfortunate when we're talking about the most complex organ in the body. Um, but that is the reality. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I always say we, we are the pioneers <laughs> of this industry. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's the best. And I mean, it is true. Like what, whether or not you are dealing with acne, pigmentation, whatever it may be, having that strong skincare routine and foundation for if you do need to, to go the medical route and pursue, pursue a doctor, having that solid base is always going to work to your benefit and enhance the overall result. So yes, us Estes, we can be with you, you know, for a long time. I can't wait to have clients where we've been together like years and years and I've seen all of their phases, but it's definitely a special thing. And sometimes it does get a little bit minimized, but that's why I'm so glad there are estheticians like you, Brittany, that are putting themselves out there on social media, because I think we are incredible. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, sometimes, you know, you don't need to go directly the medical route um, you can see us first and I feel like that's the, that's the great part is that, you know, at least see an esthetician, get a consultation and let them say, okay, this is outside of my scope of practice. Um, I know a good dermatologist in the neighborhood. I think you should see them, um, yeah. instead of not knowing how to treat it or what to do. So you automatically go and you, you get on antibiotics and I mean, the, 
the things, <laughs> the things that clients will be on for the most simplest thing, like very basic, like hormonal breakouts. They have like three breakouts, gorgeous skin. I'm like, why are, why are you on spironolactone? Like, why are you on all of this? <laughs> why are you on all of this stuff? Like, geez, um, just here is a good retinol. Go home. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that's, that's all they need. Um, so, in, but also like, I feel like it's good to have both as well. I think that, you know, your, your derm is going to help you on the more medical side. If you have like, you know, for instance, like milia and we don't have any lancets in our, you know, um, in our practice or anything, like if an esthetician doesn't use lancets, then I would direct them to a dermatologist. So Brittany, what are some of your favorite skincare lines, products, things that you're using on clients and really seeing great results with or enjoying on yourself? When I first started out in the industry, I used to be very like um, science and like clinical driven. Like, so I love the idea of like um, clinical grade skincare, for instance, like Murad was my favorite because I started doing facials with that brand. And I mean, I do love his his philosophy. It's just, I really love his philosophy. So I started out with Murad and um, I stuck with him for a few years. And then I started to learn a little bit more about um, more natural brands, like, uh, what is it called? Naturopathica. Have you heard of Naturopathica? I mean, insane, all organic. Her philosophy is insane. So she takes, you know, fruits and, and vegetables and all of these things, and she she she's able to get you this same exact results. I'm like, how is this even possible? But I use actually use her professionally, and um, I have a naturopathic book that I also love to read, which is tons of like recipes in it uh, for tonics and like skincare recipes and like, like uh, how to make masks and stuff. And so I've been utterly obsessed with her. And then also Image is a very well-known brand within the industry. Uh, that love I Image. Love Image. Um, they're a little bit more clinical, more science-backed. And there's another one. Um, I really like Eminence mm-hmm. as well. Another all organic skincare brand that can give you some clinical results. That's really all I care about is like, are they giving you the results that you need and are they doing it in a way where the ingredients are as clean as possible? You know, they're not harming you um, in the long run. And so, yeah, Naturopathica, um, Murad. I also love uh, Polish Toys. Polish Choice is a really good one. I'm currently using their um, their BHA, BHA, AHA exfoliant, the one that is like purple, blue. I mean, their new one. <laughs> it's like a, a gray tube. That one is so good. Oh my goodness, it's so good. It's not, it's not too strong. It's not too gentle. It's literally right in the middle. Um, I also have their BHA toner that I've been obsessing over. So Polish Choice has been another one that I'm just like, oh yeah, I like her. Actually, my favorite ingredient is glycolic acid. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah. Tell us why. And I'd love to hear about like your concerns. I mean, seriously, looking at you, you have some of the most perfect skin I've ever seen. So what are your concerns? Like, did you ever have a history of, of skin issues and what's your routine like? Because you're flawless. <laughs> so I honestly wish I could be that person that say like, you know, I have this really, really hor- horrific story about skincare, but I don't, yeah. I don't, okay. I've, I've always had a uh, fairly just like normal skin, but very oily. And so I, when I was younger, I mean, I used to look like a grease ball throughout the day. And I'm just like, why am I so shiny? Like you can literally cook chicken with the grease that was on my face. It was just insane but I never had breakouts like never it just now now as an esthetician it still does not make sense (laughs) it it doesn't it there's it just does not make sense but um I'm assuming that you know I just had very for the most part just very healthy skin um and I just needed some water that's just really what it was just need a little bit of water and um so if I do get breakouts it is hormonal and it's like one or two um, here and there. Up until maybe a year ago, the breakouts started to get a little bit more intense. Like I started to get a little bit more like cystic ones that are like deep underneath the skin. Um, like one, for instance, that just randomly pop up one every like three months or something. And then I would get smaller, you know, like hormonal breakouts, like one or two. And then I moved to New York City. <laughs> this is why I said I learned about barrier health two years ago. Two years ago, when I moved to New York City, I call it big city skin because it was not a thing in North Carolina. It is a thing here in New York. And you come here and your skin is in complete shock at the amount of pollution and bacteria that is in the air. And so for three months straight, no matter what I did, um, I was breaking out constantly every single day and it was, it was so new to me. And I, I was just like, okay, you know, it's the city, it's the city, it's the city. And I never really cared to, to like treat it. I was just like, oh, you know, I'll wake up tomorrow to go away. That went, that literally went on for three months. I'm like, you are in naive, fix it. <laughs> and then, so I, I finally started to work on it. Like, um, once I understood, okay, I need to balance my pH at a constant <laughs> and make sure that my skin is clean and clear of uh, bacteria. So I had to comb frequently and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, after, after, after about three months, my skin got used to it and it started to go back to normal. And so when I moved to New York, I started to see a lot of clients who was like that too. I'm like, okay, this is a thing. I need to become really good like really good at barrier health. And so after seeing hundreds um, of clients with the same exact concern, that was how I learned how to re-strengthen the barrier. And you said, you said, um, you said a word, I've never heard of that word before. You said corneal therapy, was it? Yes. Okay. You will love corneal therapy. What is that? <laughs> so it's basically the science of barrier health. Okay. Wow. I have a lot of um, a lot of experts in the field to I'll I'll send you their um, their handles. 
One guest we've had on is Renee Serbon. She is basically a corneotherapy expert and a lot of corneotherapy just involves healing the skin from the inside out. And the main principle of corneotherapy is just ensuring the barrier is intact at all times. So we're never like, you know, um, doing, doing intense procedures before the skin is ready for it. So I'm sure a lot of that is, is like things you're just naturally kind of doing and, and that's kind of your way of thinking. Yes, 100%. I had no idea there was a medical term. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. um, yes, I agree fully. I think that most of your routine at home is barrier repairing, strengthening and maintaining. Like 90% of what you are doing from your cleanser to your moisturizer, your serum, it should be barrier health. Your barrier needs to be intact at all times. This is why I'm a huge advocate against physical scrubs. Um, I think chemical and enzymatic based exfoliation is just the safest way for the barrier, safest and effective. If you actually want to treat the skin and, and protect it, you know, go that route. Um, but you'd be surprised how many people are slowly but surely, you know, ruining their skin in the long run because they're, they're not aware of how that your barrier health works. They're not, they're not aware of any of this stuff. Um, so it, it just naturally became a thing for me to educate my clients all day, every day, barrier health. You need something, at least one thing in your routine that you are using every single day to reinforce your barrier as you are using your actives. Because, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the line, um, our skin is going to be less forgiving. Um, it's not going to repair itself as fast. She's not going to be your best friend anymore. <laughs> okay, things are going to start to happen. You know, dryness, um, sun damage, all of these things is going to start to happen because you, you know, you went tanning for months on end the entire summer and you did nothing to repair your skin and you're not fully aware of how the skin works. Um, so yes, most of the clients come in and like, like I said, we, we live in a big city here in, you know, in New York. And, and so when they come in, it's 90% of the time, everyone has like some form or everyone thinks they have sensitive skin. And I'm like, it's not sensitive skin. Your barrier is impaired and we need to fix it. Um, so it, it's crazy. If you, you move to another city here I am thinking, oh, I'm really good with acne. I'm really good with anti-aging. It's like, you come to New York, honey, you're going to be good with rosacea. You're going to be good with redness and irritation and sensitivities. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, I love it, though, because now you're understanding the basics. The basics is barrier health. It starts there. Yes. Yes, I'm a firm believer. You are a corneotherapist. You just didn't know it yet. But I think everything you said is so true because that healing is so important. It can't, I had, this was something that just happened to me. I had a client who has rosacea, has a history of acne trauma, no real solid professional routine. And, you know, 
center of the treatment plan, she she's she's wondering where is the stuff for the acne scarring? Where's you know how are we going to address anti aging? How are we going to you know target these concerns that are happening deep in the dermis? We can't get there without repairing and just slowly but surely progressing and kind of leveling up our actives, but so important about barrier health and having some component of healing and strengthening um, while we're introducing more active things and exfoliants. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, like I said, like most of your routine should be about repairing and re-strengthening the skin. And um, like, you know, I'll have clients come in and they're just like, oh, well, you know, I really want to focus on my, my fine lines and my wrinkles and all that. And I'm just like, wait a minute, you know, you have right. some very, you have a little bit of redness here in your T-zone. Tell me a little bit about your routine. Oh, I've been using P50 every day. It's like, oh my goodness, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you know, like they'll say stuff like yes. that. And right. I'm just like, well, honey, this turned into <laughs> a whole completely different thing. We can't treat your fine lines until your barrier is strong. Um, so now we have to start from the beginning, work on re-strengthening the skin, come back you know, and see me um, a month from now, focus on hydration, because that's another huge philosophy of mine. I know my clients cannot stand it, um, <laughs> but hydration is key. Once you understand how the, um, the body works, I, I look at the body as a whole when I look at skin. And so I, I tell people, you know, just like how you drink water every day, I'm like your skin is the same way, you know, you, 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 your yeah. skin needs that hydration because osmosis, that's how our cells are reproducing through osmosis. And so that needs to be a constant thing that you should be doing, you know, morning and night to make sure the skin is nice and hydrated and replenishing water back into the skin so your cells can be happy. And then, um, once you're doing that, then you can try and focus on other things like using a vitamin C or a, a retinol or something. Um, but I try to keep everything as simple as possible. And I try to recommend the most essential vitamins to my clients, um, mm. not only with just like using the products on their skin daily, but also with consuming it and eating mm. um, those ingredients. Like those antioxidants, you should be eating that you should be you should be drinking water um so it's it's 50 50 it goes hand in hand I love that so okay it sounds like you're also talking to clients about the lifestyle piece when it comes to that any kind of final tips for somebody who's listening who wants to just think about a more holistic perspective um beyond just skincare are there any kind of like lifestyle rules you live by when it comes to good habits that reinforce good skin? Making sure you are staying hydrated, making sure you are consuming your antioxidants and consuming enough fruits and vegetables, minimizing dairy, um, minimizing sugars, of course. And I, I think those are like the culprits. Yeah. Um, and so people, people don't understand, like they'll, they'll have a good routine and just like, oh, but you know, I'm still getting breakouts. It's like, okay, well, we have to look a little bit deeper, you know, right. <laughs> like, dun, 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 <laughs> start talking about someone's diet. They get super like, no, she did not. <laughs> I know we have but, to try uh, lightly. 
so you know i give them the basics like you know minimize your sugars um increase your hydration um minimize your dairy try and detox often and um also because we do live in a bacteria ridden city <laughs> um yeah. to try and um tone use a neutralizing toner throughout the day just to um neutralize the bacteria that's on the skin that's growing on the skin you have to neutralize that um so you know you're not you know getting breakouts throughout the day you, you go out you know in the morning and then you come back you have breakouts all over I, and it's happened to me i'm like this is disgusting <laughs> yeah well that city is just like i mean that's your environment that's your air it's humid mm-hmm. and there's a lot of pollutants sitting in there so yeah it's tough it's really interesting um i'll never forget i i took a little short trip to mexico and when I tell you, I got off that plane and I looked in the mirror, I'm like, why is my skin so glowy? Like, what is going on? I'm like, oh my God, I mean, my skin has never looked this beautiful. And it's like, it's Brittany because you've been doing all of that, you know, treating, you've been treating your skin like extensively when you was in New York. And now that you're in a cleaner environment and the, the atmosphere is cleaner, now your skin is like thriving they don't have to fight anymore. Your skin doesn't have to fight <laughs> to survive. Um, and go back to New York and boom, breakouts. <laughs> so um, when I tell you it, it is your environment. So you do have to understand, you know, where you are living um, and adapt to that within your routine and within your lifestyle. Well, that's a really good point in consideration for SDs listening, especially because like there are SDs who are virtual like me. I'm not even thinking about if my clients, you know, somewhere that's super polluted, how that could affect them. But that's a really, really good point. So thank you for for bringing that up. My last question for you, Brittany, is any last words of wisdom you could share for SDs when it comes to just living our best lives, being our most confident selves, and not kind of like standing in our own way? Yeah, so I'm a true believer in following your intuition. And so I feel like um, as a as like a being in general, we have this intuition that is there to guide us. And so a lot of people ignore that intuition because they're not aware of it. And mm-hmm. so follow the things that you are drawn to the most the things that give you the happiness. Of course, it needs to be healthy (laughs) and it needs to help improve you in some way, shape or form. But follow your intuition. Do not let outside influences dictate your happiness and your life and you should do good. You know, uh, be open to change, be open to new experiences uh, because that is what life is about. We all need to be open-minded to be able to fully understand um, why we are here and understand um, what we are meant to be doing in our life. Um, So yeah, just be open, follow your intuition, and let your experiences and um, your happiness guide you for sure. I think that's incredible. It's it's so easy to stay kind of in your safe zone and where you're comfortable, but the growth really happens 
outside of that. So thank you so much, Brittany, for that message. We love and appreciate you. Please come back anytime. You're always welcome. Where can we find you on social media? Because you guys need to go check out her TikTok, her Instagram, all of her platforms. Yeah. So my TikTok, um, if you want to learn more about self-improvement, um, then I definitely recommend going to my TikTok. It's uh, Brittany E. That's literally it. Okay. <laughs> and then for Instagram, um, I have two. One just for um, self-improvement again. That's directly yeah. connected to my TikTok. It's Brittany underscore and then my skincare TikTok is just Brittany. So those are my, those are my links. <laughs> Perfect. I'm going to link those below. Seriously, you guys, she has amazing content. And if you just want like little tidbits of self-confidence boost, tips for having conversations with people, dating, stepping into your power, go follow Brittany. She's incredible. Thank Thank you so much for coming on and spending your day with us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And I'll (laughs) I'll definitely be back. Please, please. I feel like we could chat for hours and hours. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you guys for listening. I will talk to you in the next episode.